Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pockets Full of Soup. I'm your host, Jared Petty, joined today by the marvelous, the wonderful, the gifted, Alana Pierce. Hi. Welcome, Alana. So glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Alana, where uh, where do people know you from? Uh, I, I work with you at IGN. Ooh, uh, that's one place to work. That is where, the place that we work, yeah. Where, where else can people find you? Uh, I also have a YouTube channel. I DJ sometimes, and I also do uh, commission artwork. You DJ? I do, yeah. Yeah, do you DJ here in San Francisco? Or? I have been a little. Yeah. Um, I played at Bottom of the Hill, which is like a really old, cool kind of divey place. That, that was a really fun set. I played uh, something that I would say is inspired by Hotline Miami. Oh, really? It was a really cool set, yeah. Oh, that's kind it was of good rad. fun, yeah. What, what kind of DJ are you? I, I am not, not well-versed in the ways of DJs, though I know several of them. I, I don't know much about the act of creating music. So what, what, what's DJing like for you? So I'm not a producer, which is someone who actually creates the music. Okay. Uh, which I'm sure I would love doing because it's like a lot of engineering and it's very mathematical and technical and I think I would love doing it, but it's also very time consuming. It can take like 10 hours for you to produce one song and I feel like it's on my bucket list that I'll get to doing that eventually, but right now, don't have time. DJing is uh, mixing, so... Uh, the, I would divide people in types of DJs depending on what kind of music they play. Of course, okay. there's turntable DJs and then there's CD day, CDJ DJs and I am a CDJ Are DJ. you a CDJ or a CDDJ? Either. Either? Okay. Uh, so I don't play with records. I play with USBs, CDs. I played with SD cards or sometimes a Mac. So it's all digital. I okay. have the songs, you know, at, on hand basically. Um, but I play, sometimes I'll play house music. Sometimes at one time I just played like an hour of Blink-182 in The Offspring. <laughs> Really? That was just, really fun. Just mixing between them, like yeah, and, and this is all kind of digital crossfading and, and bringing tracks in and no out. Cross-fading. Right, no crossfading. So it's all beat matching. So ah. so what I do is I line up songs. I figure out the keys of the songs because everything has to be similar key if you transition to one or the other. And you can cue things so you can listen to it before everyone else hears it to be like, okay, I think this is going to mix well into this. And then they have to be the same beats per minute for you to then transfer from one song into the other. So sometimes I will play the same song for only like 30 seconds and then the rest of it is me mixing two songs together oh, really? so you have like the bass on on one and off on the other and then the highs and the lows and and you're doing this on the fly yeah okay so this is not something you program ahead of time this is something you create in the moment absolutely some people do do it ahead of time and that's totally fine there's different ways of djing that's right. not the way i do it because i think i kind of like it being loose and responding to a crowd is one thing that I think I'm the best at. So it's like, I like looking at a crowd and being like, that's my challenge. Those are the people that I have to entertain. And this is the stuff I think they're going to like. So the multi-talented Alana Pierce, writer, video blogger, reporter, toy specialist, DJ, and visual artist at all, etc. Yes. Right? I miss anything? Terrible cook. Terrible cook. Awesome. Can't so. Alana here on Pockets Full <laughs> of Soup. The, uh, the first question's pretty much always the same. Um, tell me about somebody you're thankful for. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you already prepared me for this. Yeah. But it's still a really hard question to answer when you put it that bluntly. Yeah. It's like, I have to pick one. Well, that that's the idea. Yes. I mean, you could cheat, I suppose. We, we don't have we don't have reciprocity. The pockets full of soup police are not going to rush in from off camera. They couldn't. The fish eyes too wide. Uh, they, they that's couldn't true. Be hiding that would anywhere. be very but, obvious. Yeah, yeah we, we really do need to consider <laughs> replacing the camera. But, uh, but I think it's nice. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like, that's like, ooh, effect. Mm, it's good. Uh, yeah. It's a, but... Um, yeah, I mean, just answer the question as you feel comfortable. This is a, this is a happy place with a remarkably forgiving community of people around <laughs> it. So, I mean, my immediate go-to answer is always going to be my mom. Okay. But I know you've already had people discuss parents. 
Yep. No, no, we can never have too many parents. As a matter of fact, we're going to keep a count. I mean, <laughs> uh, we, these are these record out of order. But right now, just for, with what we have in the can, we've already got a two-person dad count uh, <laughs> and a one-person mom count. And I think we're eventually going to keep a count of everything to see how... Because dads and moms are going to be popular. But yeah, yeah it's not the person you're most thankful for necessarily. It's just somebody you're thankful for. Well, yeah, the, the answer that... And I debated this for a while. The answer I'm going to go with is... Uh, Every woman who inspired me while I was growing up. No, wait a minute. That's that's not one. That's not one person. It's not one person. No. So you're cheating. I'm cheating. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm scared of you. The police aren't here. Yeah. The police aren't here. And and I'm frightened that you can beat me up if you want to. So I think we'll go ahead with that. All right. That sounds good. All right. So (laughs) every woman. uh, Say that again. I want to make sure that that's clear. It's every woman who inspired me or taught me that I could do stuff while I was growing up. Is every woman a lot of women or a few women? It's it's definitely a lot of women, yeah, uh, including my mom, including course. your mom. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about your mom first and start sure. there. All right, how did your mom inspire you? Said you're talking about someone who inspired you uh, specifically. How? So to speak specifically about my mom, uh, she was a single mom for most of my childhood. I think yeah. my parents split up when I was about ten, and my mom worked at a place that was like over an hour away. So. She would have to, my sister and I had to get the bus to school every day and back. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had to be very independent, but she was like consistently getting promoted and managing two basically resorts that were, you know, five-star luxury places. They're absolutely beautiful. And she was doing that while being a single mother and cooking for us every day and still getting home and playing with us and helping us with our homework and just doing a million things that it doesn't, you know, some days you just feel like you have too much on your plate and you can't do anything. Yeah. My mom always did it. Always. Yeah. Hey, let me let me ask you. So uh, go back here and roll it back a little bit. So you say your mom was a single mother. Mm-hmm. Do you remember your mom being a single mother the whole time you were growing up? I mean, was she was she always a single mother during your childhood? I mean, I remember very small handful of instances of things that happened with both of my parents there. Okay. But it's kind of like very scattered. Like mm-hmm. I remember a few occasions. But for most of the time, yeah, I think she was a single mom. And then I think when I was about 13, she met my stepdad, who is also another person I'm very thankful for. Okay. Some people have awful stepparents. I mean, I'm thankful for my dad, too. They're all great people. I got very lucky with my family. But um, So you didn't have a wicked stepfather. You had a good stepfather. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. wicked stepparents, kind of a kind of a staple of a fantasy literature, kind of important. It also just thing. seems very common, weirdly yeah. common. And I kind of get that because my, uh, my dad remarried and the woman he remarried was truly awful okay just not very nice um they separated but she just didn't like my sister and i very much and i think that stuff like that happens because it's like oh that is something that ties you to this other person that you were married to and Mm -hmm. people have issues with that and i get that now but at the time it was very frustrating but so your mom and your dad separated when you were small uh Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you were raised in the custody of your mother along with your sister. Yeah. So what, uh, your mother managed two resorts and you say she always managed to, so she was balancing a demanding career. Yeah. And raising two children. Yeah. How'd she do it? I have absolutely no idea. Uh, Have you ever asked her? I think that she was stressed a lot of the time and she just did a very good job of hiding that from us. But Mm -hmm. I didn't really need to ask her because uh, as I got older, I saw it firsthand, like even growing up with my stepdad there as well and having him as another very good parent. Uh, my mom was still working full-time and ended up studying. She graduated, I think, oh. two years ago whilst also working full-time. And it's like everything that she did in my childhood that she managed to pull off and managed to, like, despite my dad being schizophrenic and us having a potentially damaging childhood, the fact mm-hmm. that my sister and I still both turned out to have really cool careers and be very positive and, uh, I guess... 
motivated people mm-hmm. i feel like is a tribute to my mom and my dad will credit her for that too and it's yeah. like you know growing up i can absolutely see why she's just such when a driven s- person when you use the term schizophrenic do you mean literally suffering from schizophrenia yes yeah he's literally okay. schizophrenic he's medicated okay. now meaning my dad is an angel mm-hmm. but you know he wasn't while we were growing no up. it's it's a difficult disease yeah uh, it's it's a very difficult disease i'm um, almost thankful for uh it giving me a very good understanding of mental health yeah yeah how so i guess people who uh aren't familiar with or haven't lived with mental health issues can say things like you'll get over it or you're just moody. You know, people, if you don't understand, you just dismiss it. And I don't want to criticize people for that because it is hard to understand. Like depression is something that people are often like, well, you'll just cheer up. You'll get better or come out. It'll make you feel better. And that, like, that's not how that works. And I yeah. think, you know, growing up with someone who had schizophrenia and seeing firsthand how he had basically like two sides to him completely. And one of them was just very angry and the other one wouldn't even remember what the angry version did. And seeing that just kind of made me a lot more open to realizing that everyone deals with things differently because everyone is wired differently and nothing is just get over it. Did your mother help you understand this as a child? I mean, mom was very brave about it and it was Mm -hmm. a situation where they stayed together for quite a long time because she wanted us to have two parents. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, she did. She, my, and I think she also being so understanding and compassionate throughout uh, everything that happened in my childhood also made me kind of understand it a little bit more. Yeah. Like that's something that I'm definitely grateful that I learned from. So from your mother, if you could encapsulate the lessons into, give me, give me a, give me three words, uh, three descriptive adjectives to describe what your mother taught your nouns. Nouns are descriptive adjectives to describe what your mother taught you. Uh, growing up. So what I want to say is the phrase, nothing is too hard. Okay, that's fine. We'll okay. take that instead. That's what I want to say. My mom yeah. told me nothing is too hard. Nothing is too hard. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that still? Yeah. Yeah? I wouldn't be here if I didn't. How so? I mean, I'm 22. And I managed to somehow get hired at IGN who got me a visa. And I now live in San Francisco while most of the other people I went to school with are still studying and doing all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, part of that is a drive and a ambition and... Uh, desire to achieve stuff that comes from nothing is too hard. Nothing is too hard. So, and th- that creed, um, did you buy into it immediately as a child or did it take a while? Definitely would have taken a while. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I failed at, you know, as everyone does when they're a teenager. Um, I gained a whole lot of weight towards the end of high school and it took me a really long time to lose that weight. And I was very unhealthy because I'm also asthmatic and have several structural problems. I would consider myself disabled. Like I have Three separate chronic illnesses. Oh my. I don't share that very often. No. Uh, because people treat you differently if they kind of know the details of that kind of stuff. But well, it's you're, like. You're telling a, a fairly large audience. Well, I'm not going right to tell now. anyone what, it, what they are. <laughs> okay. But. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you sharing it, honestly. Yeah, your I mean, is, part is... of it is being just exhausted all the time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, stuff that like makes you feel like your body's working against you. And I let that happen for a really long time before I lost weight. But then when I did, which again, I have to thank women on social media for sharing fitness stuff for inspiring me to finally do it mm-hmm. uh i just completely changed my quality of life so you said from the beginning you were gonna you were going to talk to uh, you were thankful for every woman i, I imagine we're not going to get to all of them by name but because of that we'll, we'll go back to your mom some but mm-hmm. let's take that comment you just made women on social media that helped you through this difficulty with your health can you yeah. tell me somebody specific <laughs> the one that I want to say is uh, Jen Selter. But I feel like people will laugh at me for that. Uh, Jen Selter is a just a she's a 23 year old girl on Instagram 
who just mostly posts pictures of herself. Uh, she's a huge butt. Okay. Very nice butt. And she's very fit and just also very positive despite people constantly trash-talking her in comments. And I think she's got something like nearly a billion followers. Like, she's got a lot, however many okay. it is. It's probably not that many, but it's a ton. What's the what's the basis of her follower, uh, her following on Instagram? What's what's the what's the draw there? Her very nice butt, I think, Okay. It, 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 she's but a model a then? That, I mean, it's an in, she, she's an Instagram model? I or? guess. But, it, I mean, it's a butt that she uh, obtained by fitness, uh-huh. right? So it was like... Uh, this is the person who walks out every day mm-hmm. and looks like this and is very confident in looking like this and sharing this and seeing that despite my reasons for wanting to lose weight being very health related yeah. uh, was like, you know, if there was a day where I felt very lazy and felt like I didn't want to do any exercise and felt like it was my body's working against me and it's too hard and I should just give up because everyone else is more capable of doing things and I'm not. It's like, that's the person who would make me like, you know what? She did it today. I can do it too. So I did. No kidding. I think okay. I lost 40 pounds. Wow. I'm not sure. It's 20 kilos. I don't know what the... 20 kilos is about 44 pounds. Yeah. Okay. That's extraordinary. Yeah. It was quite a bit of weight. Can you teach me your secret? Go to the gym. Go Follow the gym. Jen Selta and her fabulous butt on Instagram. <laughs> See, yes. Does she know that, that you feel this way about her? I don't... I mean, I've interacted with her before. Yeah. Uh, very vaguely, but I don't imagine that she would know that. I, I'm sure that she realizes she inspires people and that's probably why she can just post so much stuff. But like, there's a lot of other women that I follow on there. You know, it's different. While there are totally men who inspire me in a, in a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when you look at a, a woman who's doing something, it's like, hey, I could actually do that. Whereas if you see a man doing it, it's not always quite the same because I guess people in a lot of our top positions... Mm-hmm. especially in the industry that I work in, are men anyway. Uh-huh. You know, and CEOs are most often men and people who work in politics are most often men. So when you see a woman do it, it's like sometimes you won't even realize that you can accomplish something until you see someone who is like you doing it. Do you, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so let me make sure I'm understanding you correctly. You're saying that the way you, s- you see kind of a, a default setting that, that might from growing up and looking as well, men there, men there, men there, men there, men there. And these are people that helped you understand, nah, that's not how things need to be. Or yeah. To be. I don't think it was ever that I was like, oh, there's men there, therefore I shouldn't do this. It was just mm-hmm. that there would be things that I hadn't even considered that I could do. Yeah. Like lifting weights. That's all I do at the gym. I don't do any cardio. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, oh, but women can't lift weights or they'll get muscly and that's gross. And I was like, wait, that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. It's all these women Who taught you that? Was, that? was that Jen that taught you that or... What? Uh, about lifting weights. I guess partly. Like yeah. it totally would have been women on Instagram who told me that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have known if I hadn't have started following all of these people. And it's just like, that. so I can't really do cardio because it yeah. hurts too much and my asthma is really bad. So I always would try to run on a treadmill and not be able to do it. And then I learned that I can lift weights and get my heart rate up just as well. And that, that yeah. can keep me healthy. And that's I'm so glad that I figured that out. So weightlifting and weight training. Yeah. Okay. That's that's really cool. I also cool. started swimming, actually. Oh, recently. really? Yeah. The, oh. the gym on, uh, it's maybe like an hour away from work, but yeah. it's still in, in San Francisco and it's like, I didn't realize it was even part of my membership and now I do laps there every, like twice a week. Yeah. And, and that I doesn't can do that. exasperate your asthma? It doesn't hurt me at all. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Yeah. So we've talked about your mother who taught you that uh, effectively nothing was too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I wanted to ask you, I want to ask you a follow up to that because mm-hmm. uh, I've been thinking about this since you said it. Next time you fail, what are you going to do with that conviction? I feel like I fail all the time in little ways, right? That's part of being human. Mm-hmm. Um, usually if I fail, I'm just more motivated to try again. Okay. And so failure is a temporary condition. 
I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really a beautiful cool. way of putting it. I wonder, that's what I wanted to ask. I, I, I wondered if that was how you felt about it. I, I yeah. wanted to get your feeling on the matter. So we've talked about your mother. We talked mm-hmm. about Jen. <laughs> but because we're cheating tonight mm-hmm. and, and going all around, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about somebody else. Who, who else? What other, what other woman uh, do you want to talk about that uh, taught you about the things you can do? Can I, can I say Buffy? Yeah. Or Xena? Yeah. Or yeah, both? Or, or Buffy Xena? Buffy and Xena. Buffy and Xena. <laughs> All right. Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh-huh. and Xena the Warrior Princess. Yes. What did they teach you? Buffy taught me that you don't have to fit a mold, which I think is super important. So mm-hmm. Buffy is the on paper stereotypical pretty blonde cheerleader. Mm-hmm. But then secretly, she's also the chosen one and the person who saves everyone, right? Right. It's like nobody would ever expect that from the pretty blonde cheerleader. But then Buffy did it anyway and didn't care what anyone thought of it. And it's like even the relationships in that show aren't about being pigeonholed. It's just about a girl kicking butt despite people not really wanting her to. How's that related to Xena? Xena is kind of a little more superficial, uh, but very similar in, in the kick butt way but that show i particularly love because of the relationships with other women as well it's like they just empower each other and that's really cool and it's like that kind of teaches you that not everything that you have to do has to serve a a male perspective Mm -hmm. and she's also just a really cool person lucy lawless is yeah lucy lawless is rad she really is she's fantastic she uh, retweeted me once no kidding yeah oh that that, that's it it was very cool that just like Thank you, Lucy Lawless. Yeah, Thank it was you. great. Yeah, it's kind of kind of fantastic. No, I loved her on. I loved her on that. Loved her on uh, Battlestar. Uh, yes, a few other places she's been. She's she's wonderful. So both those people showing you that that archetypical molds don't have to actually become archetypes. That yeah. you can t- subvert expectations. Am mm-hmm. I putting words in your mouth there, or is that? Uh, no, I think that's right. And that stuff happens all the time. Like to uh, use a very relevant example, like if I ever post a fitness photo on Instagram and. I do somewhat often. My reason for doing that is always I was inspired to get fit by seeing other people do this. So I'm going to repay that. So it's like maybe once every six months I will post a fitness related photo where I'm like, Hey, I'm at the gym walking out. This is what I'm doing today. And then I will sometimes get comments from women being like, thank you. You inspired me to do that. And it's like, it's like paying it forward, right? Yeah. If people help me on social media, I'm going to try and help other people. On try social to help media. other people. Right. Let's talk about how you're going to do that. You've, you've mentioned four women now, two, mm-hmm. two, um, two real women, mm-hmm. two fictional characters with inspiring arcs and great character development uh, in both cases. All these people have taught you things. You're 22 years old. Mm-hmm. You're remarkably successful for a person at that stage in your life, especially considering what you want to do, what, what your ambitions were. You have realized yeah. your earliest ambitions and you've realized them very quickly. How are the lessons you learned from these women going to be passed on in what you do how are they being passed on in what you do i mean one thing that i was really proud of this year was uh i've watched live streams of e3 for as long as i can remember because obviously i can never make it to the u.s so i would watch the xbox conference and i would watch the playstation conference and i'd be super excited but the, there were never any women on those panels mm-hmm. and so i wonder if i had have seen a woman on one of those panels that was talking about the stuff if i had if i had have seen that maybe i would have been like hey I could do that. And mm-hmm. I would have tried earlier. You know, I always got straight A's in English. Not straight A's, but I got A's in English. <laughs> and I was in extension, which means the grade above what you're meant to be in. Yeah. So it's something that I like always really liked and always worked really hard at. But it's not ever something that I considered making a career out of because it had never occurred to me that I could. It's like maybe if I had seen 
a woman on something like a live stream, then I would have thought I can do that. And I've always loved video games as well. So it would have been a perfect pairing, which is why I now have this job. Mm-hmm. And I'm super proud of A, seeing a bunch of other women from IGN on each of those live stream panels mm-hmm. and being on one myself. Like, that's- I think that's really cool. And it's something that at IGN, I work very hard to make sure that we have a lot of women seen on things just for that purpose. It's not... Uh, you know, sometimes people take it as like tokenism. Like, you're, oh, you're having mm-hmm. a woman on there because you need to have a chick. It's like, no, it's, we have these women who are awesome at doing what they do. And it's also that they come with the added bonus of inspiring other women to do it too. Let me ask you, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veer for a second because you're going down a theme that I think um, you, you'll have something to say about here. Uh, and it does have to do with thankfulness, but I, I want to give you a chance to, to make us make, just share your thoughts on this. Um, what would you say? no. No, I'm going to save that, actually. There's a question. You know what? I'm just going to read this question instead. We, uh, we, okay. I let people know you were going to be on the show. And it's a question somebody asked. This is from a fella uh, on our Facebook group. You can join the Facebook group at uh, the Pockets Full of Suit Facebook group. Uh, this is from Franklin Sizemore, mm-hmm. who's part of our Facebook group, who says, Spoons! Um, which apparently is a thing now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we, we're trying to decide whether we're soup heads or super friends or superheroes or we're still working on a term. I like that. That's um, good. But... Uh, what can I do as a man to help change how other men treat women? I'm sure you've experienced harassment, not that it's right, and the fact that I can assume that this reflects how wrong our society is. I'd like to help in some way to change this. This is a question he has. I, I'd like you to address that, if you don't mind, in totally. your own words. Um, I don't really feel like white knighting is much of a thing. You know, okay. the term white knighting, for people who don't know what it is, I feel like most people probably would, is like the idea that sticking up for a woman or people only do it because they want to sleep with them. Uh, Anytime that I see a guy stick up for me, there's pretty much no point where I have thought that he was doing it because he wanted to sleep with me. And every single time it is valuable because sometimes people don't take the stuff women say that seriously. That's Mm -hmm. just the way that that is. It's not remarkably common, but it definitely happens. And I think just speaking up, speaking up when something goes wrong is always helpful. I, I don't think that there's any wrong way to go about that. And if you're not going to do it because you're worried about people calling you a white knight, it kind of cancels out the niceness of it. Just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like pretty often uh, people will tell me that I only got where I am because I'm a girl or because of the way that I look or something like that. And I don't even address those comments anymore because it's like it's not worth fighting really at this point. Mm-hmm. But sometimes uh, my audience, especially on YouTube, because they know me very well and I'm very personal with that audience, will respond to and filter out those comments before I have to. <laughs> and that's awesome. It's people being like, well, actually, here's her resume. Or they'll, or they'll link to stuff that I've done. And that definitely means a lot. And especially just like even making a comment to someone. Uh, I tweeted the other day about how pretty much any time that a woman is talking on camera about a topic that she cares about, I think that you should comment on what she's saying before you comment on how she looks. So even if that's like, hey, uh, I agree. Or hey, I disagree. Also, you're pretty. Fine. As mm-hmm. long as you comment on what she's talking about first and not just <laughs> you're pretty or you're ugly, right? Then I think it, you're, you're addressing the, the human and not just the appearance of the human. And, and I shared that and a lot of responses are always, it's never going to change, give up. And it's like, but it is. Because every time that I share something like this or you share something like this or you tell someone else about this behavior, that's another person who learns. And I think that's totally helpful. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna step out of the interviewer's chair for just a second. I don't preach very often, but um, <laughs> there's a story I, I want to tell that you remind me of. Uh, I may have told this on a couple other places before. When I was in high school, 
I was walking to the bathroom in my school and my shoe was untied. So I bent down to tie my shoe right mm-hmm. outside the bathroom door. And as I stood up, I looked at the door frame just from the angle I was standing at, you know, standing up there and saw something I'd never seen before. You don't look at the bathroom door uh, in, a, in a high school. Above the door where it said boys, there was something bleeding through the paint underneath the word. I was like, there was something painted over there. Hmm. It said boys over the men's room. And I looked carefully and clear as day, you could make out the word coloreds. Uh. Now, I grew up in the American South, and that was the uh, term that was used during segregation Mm -hmm. to separate white and black Americans in public facilities, at water fountains, at restaurants, at all kinds of places. I saw that, and it hit me in the gut about two different ways. First, it taught me that there was one coat of paint between me and segregation. Mm. That was it. Mm. The only difference between this fundamental change in the world I grew up in was one coat of paint away. That's not a long period of time. That's crazy. But second, it taught me that things can and do change when people keep working to make them change. It does every now and then the good guys win one. I definitely think so. Yeah. And and what you're saying there, I, I think that, that, that reminds me of that. I hope uh, I hope I, I don't want to hijack the interview. Oh, no, you're uh, totally welcome to share stories that's, like that, that's obviously. A, that's a point that popped out for yeah, me. Yeah, and so. I think it's something that happens all the time, like especially when I tweeted that, people kept telling me this is never going to change or like, why do you care? It's like, well, it's not that like I'm upset because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, and I'm usually not angry. It's just, why would I not share it if it teaches one person something, you know? I don't... Yeah. It's always helpful. Always. Are you still learning about this as you get older? I mean, are some of your assumptions about what women can do about what doors are going to open are they changing as, as you get older are you learning is the world changing <laughs> uh yeah i mean you learn new things every single day and there's also like things that i learn from being friends with different women too you know um jen who was a good friend of mine is vietnamese and talking to her about the combination of racism and sexism that she deals with in her field is like i had no idea like, really? I didn't know that was a thing. And it's like, whenever someone shares something like that with me, especially on racism, being a white person, I'm always like, thank you. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me that. I really appreciate that knowledge. And yeah, you never stop learning things, but the same thing happens with positive things. Like, yeah. That's kind of more where I was going. I yeah, was wondering. For, yeah. for every single negative thing that you learn, you know, you learn of another woman who's found an awesome way to overcome something or a, a woman who has been promoted to do something amazing. And there's people like... You know, Bonnie Ross, like her position is just so cool. Like there's, there's a lot of, there's no uh, bottom to inspiration, I think. Yeah, this is rad. I think this is a good place to, to wrap up the heart of this, this part of the interview. Thank you yeah, very no much, Alana, for mm-hmm. doing this. It means the world to me. Um, we're going to cut ahead now to the part of the show we call Instant Noodles. Um, yeah. I'm intrigued. Yep. Instant noodles is just a quick series. Do I get noodles? Uh, you do, well, no, you're going to oh. get questions actually. But before we do that, we really need to thank our two Patreon producers whose extraordinary generosity, uh, keeps the show going. Uh, that's Xavier Sanamon Tremble, which is a really cool name. That is a very cool name. Yep. And along with Xavier Sanamon Tremble, our new Patreon producer, Robert Nieder. Uh, Robert Nieder, thank you, Robert. Thank you, Xavier. Thank you so much to all of you on Patreon who give it every little for all of you who subscribe at all, etc. All of you who listen, all of you who watch, just thank you very much. Now, 
Mm-hmm. Instant noodles. Noodles. <laughs> Is that the noise noodles make? I don't know. That's my noodle. I, I, mean, I, I probably need a noodle sound. noise. I may need to ask. Uh, I need to ask Robbie for for one. Um, <laughs> what's the best song written in the last one hundred years? Do I, am I supposed to answer it really quickly? Uh, yeah, it's because it's, it's instant. Freaks and Geeks by Childish Gambino. Oh, oh, that's a neat choice. <laughs> Why? It's it's very creative. It's very creative. Yes. Okay, there we go. We'll move on. Not confident in that one. What's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? When I hear the sound of my own voice, Alana. Alana. Think of my okay, own there we go. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Vanilla. Cookies and cream. Totally cookies and cream. Oh, cookies yes, and cream yes, one. Okay, yes. you're like, wait, you're just like, no, gotta pull it regret, back. Regret, regret. No, no. Re- it's definitely cookies yeah, and cream. Uh, if you could travel through time and meet anybody, uh, who would you meet? Hitler. Ooh, hmm. really? I find him fascinating. Yeah? You, you, Obviously awful. Yeah. But also just Well, people can be awful and fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that's why Hannibal Lecter is a great character. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, so you go back and meet Hitler, which is like, what point in his life would you want to talk to him? Probably just before he officially rose to power when, you know, people were endorsing him and mm-hmm. recognizing the power of his speeches. Like, what he was thinking at that point in time or how he thought that, that would evolve or if there was ever any good in him at all or if it was ever rooted in anything good and, and how does someone whose motives seem that thin actually get that powerful and manage to trick people into doing that much horrible stuff. Neat. Fascinating. Yeah, it would be. Terrible. Fascinating. Yeah, again, a terrible. That is a, interesting. Uh, what's the most terrifying creature in the natural world? Spiders. Ah, that was quick. Okay, now, you're probably tired of this crap, but <laughs> I'm going to hear about it if, we don't, if I don't ask you that. Australian... Mm-hmm. And spiders is your answer. Yes. I mean, is, is this? Are you being ironic for American sake? No, or? spiders are terrifying. Okay, yeah. I said, I'm, I'm with you. Spiders are terrifying. Yes. They're, they're cool. but the frequency of which you see them in Australia is exaggerated by Americans. Okay. Yes. What about Australians jumping in the water with sharks? I didn't know that was a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Do you know about Shark Week? Yeah. Okay. Well, so you guys have Shark Week. Yeah. Have you noticed that everybody on Shark Week is Australian? No. The people who jump into the water with the sharks are almost invariably Australian. But maybe they show you Australians in the American Shark Week. Ah, do you show, they show you Americans in Australian Shark Week? I think so. But it's cool. also like sometimes I will watch a TV show and the voices or characters are meant to be Australian, but are just so obviously not Australian. <laughs> they are what I call American Australian. So it's like a version of Australian that is intended to be f- for the entertainment of Americans. And it just sounds dumb. Fascinating. Yeah, that's a thing. What's the worst of this? Uh, I mean, there's a character in Gears of War 3, which is a game that I adore, that yeah. is not a real Australian, and it was very frustrating. Who's the best fictional Australian? The best fictional Australian? Yeah, like who's the best made-up Australian that's actually like an Australian? I don't even know if I have an answer to that. Okay, really? Can it just be like Hugh Jackman in Australia? Yeah, I mean, it is he's still technically fictional in that movie. Sure. All I remember about Australia is him dousing himself in water, honestly, exactly, and <laughs> discovering new things about myself that I did not know. Yeah, I'm glad you could experience that. I it, that might be the hottest thing that's ever. He's happened. a beautiful man. He is a beautiful man. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite word? Illiterate. Ooh. Or alacrity. Okay, that's two words. Gotta uh, make, illiterate gotta... is for the way that you say it. The illiterate, like yeah. I like saying it. Alacrity for the meaning. All right. So for those who don't know, alacrity is uh, to do something with alacrity is to do it with eager willingness. Yeah. So it's like, I will do this with alacrity. It is just, you're just throwing yourself into it passionately and excitedly. Thank you for doing pockets full of soup with alacrity. I Absolutely. appreciate it. Uh, who was your first kiss? 
his name was Marcus. Mm-hmm. He was my first boyfriend, and we kissed during the uh, end credits of a terrible movie. What was the movie? I don't remember. But it was bad. It was remember? very bad. So the kiss was more memorable the than the movie. The kiss was also bad. So. Oh, okay. I wondered about that. We, I think we both had braces at the time. Oh, yeah. I have a braces kiss story <laughs> yeah, that I'm not going to tell right not now. Not great. Yep. Cake or pie? Oh, man. It depends what kind. In America, it's cake. That's interesting. Australian meat pies are delicious. Oh, yeah. Meat pies are really good. Although... Have you had a good pasty? You haven't been to the Midwest, right? I still don't know what the Midwest counts as. What's uh, the, what's the Midwest? Uh, the Midwest Georgia? is... No, that's the oh. Southeast. Um, <laughs> no, the Midwest stretches from the industrial Midwest, which is Michigan, Ohio, Indiana. I've been to any of those. All the way over until you hit the mountain states. I mean, and that doesn't help because I don't know what any of those. Okay, well... Utah, does that count? Uh, Utah is not really the Midwest. Damn it's more it. the West. Um, I don't think I've really been to any of the yeah. mid... States. Well, anyway, they have, there they have these wonderful things called pasties, which are delicious meat pies. Mm. And I suspect they're similar to Probably. Australian meat pies in yeah, composition. Very good. I don't mm. like sweet pies very much, so I would take a cake or yeah, pie. I love a good pasty. I love a good meat pie. Yeah, so meat pie is very mm, good. Let's get some meat pie. It sounds real good. Mm. Finally, uh, what's one question you have for me? Hmm. Yeah, I, you should have prepared. I would have taken the whole week to think about that. Well, yeah, but if I give one you time, I'll come that up I have with a really for hard you. one. Yeah, one question you have for me. It's one thing you want to ask. You were a pasta. Yeah. What is the most challenging or confronting thing that someone ever came to you with? Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Or rather, to make it a less invasive question, how did you deal with the most challenging or confronting yeah, thing someone yeah. came How to you with. The, the most challenging. I think the you you run into some real situations. For me, even though some of the emotional and family situations, you deal a lot with families mm-hmm. in ministry. You're not a counselor, or at least I wasn't. Some people are licensed pastoral counselors. They have psychological training. I am not. I didn't know that that was a thing. Oh, yeah. In, in the United oh. States, you can go get a master's degree in, in psychology or counseling and a divinity degree. Oh. Be what's called a licensed pastoral counselor. That's really um, cool. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but I'm not. And mm-hmm. so my I was always very uh, reticent about giving that kind of advice. And instead, my, my job was to be there for support and, uh, and to help out in more spiritual and or physically practical ways. But you dealt with a lot of family stuff in that, and you'd see some truly painful family situations mm. uh, that were. But for me, death was always the hardest part. Um, yeah, that was a very personal thing. Watching somebody die. Yeah. Um, even when it was a good passing, and those do happen. Yeah. That was. I would. I could tell better stories, but if I'm being honest watching people fade away and die of wasting diseases. Yeah. Uh, cancer is a monster. Cancer um, is absolutely a monster. And also the, the pneumonic conditions that arise when someone becomes very old. Yeah. Um, I think those moments were probably the most challenging and I dealt with them in that situation. You don't lie to people. That's, that's not part of that job. That's not part of that vocation or calling um, in those moments, especially. You have to be honest with them, but you have to be gently honest. Yeah. Um, 
you can't just tell somebody you know why something happened. You can't, no matter how comforting it might be for them, look them in the eye and tell them, yes, I think this was better. I think God wanted your child to die. I think God wanted your, it was time for them to, that for me, that was not something that I particularly felt I could do. Mm. And so instead, you held people and you cried with them and you said, I don't know. And you told them you loved them and that other people did too. And you told them if you believed that the person that had died had that, you know, you, you don't have to ignore the spiritual uh, convictions and realities. You can talk about, you can talk about heaven and you can talk about hope and you can talk about resurrection and be honest, but what you can't do is tell people that you understand reasons. Yeah. That was hard. Yeah. And I understand why a lot of people in religious faith are more comfortable with that than I am because one, their convictions are different than mine. And two, frankly, it's a much more helpful answer in terms of that immediate moment. So probably easier. Yeah. But it's not something that I ever really felt comfortable doing. Yeah. Well, that does sound very hard. That was hard. Yeah. Yeah. um, That was probably, there are a lot of good things about pastoring. That was one of the hard ones. Actually, in a way, I liked doing funerals even because I was pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, and how does that work? Funerals? I'm good at funerals. Yeah. Um, you do the things I just said and you do them with some composure and, and kindness. You keep it short and you mm-hmm. don't try to take everybody in the room and turn it into, you don't try to twist the emotions to your own convictions. You help them try to get through what they're getting through mm-hmm. and reach their own conclusions. And, and not I, try to make the situation more comfortable for yourself. Yeah. Or yeah. for, yeah, not for yourself and don't, Every moment in life to a degree is an evangelistic event, but there are ways, there are times when the last thing in the world a room full of people needs to hear that's, you know, angry at God is hearing just how wonderful and nice he is at that worst moment. That may not be the right message for that sec- for that time. Yeah. There's a big difference between love and comfort and everything's sunny. Cool. That's true. I'm not a big fan of that. My uh, granddad passed away, I think, two or three years ago now. And he was, like, just an incredibly good, sick person. Like, he never gave up. And I think we had an email from the doctor that said something along the lines of his stubborn perseverance, even in the face of horrible adversity, was, like, awesome or something like that. I have a tattoo because of him, actually. Um, I got – he was in the police force, and I got his bravery medal tattooed on me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, He was just an awesome person. And, I mean, he died very suddenly, but in a way that was, like, we never had to see him waste away. And – it was also just a really positive funeral. Where, I mean, it was really sad. Yeah. But we had a lot of laughs and they had a slideshow of photos of him and just like he would always fall asleep at Christmas. So they posted like five of these photos of him asleep at Christmas throughout the, the whole ordeal. And it was like, this is exactly what he would have wanted. Yeah. It was like it was a good funeral. That's marvelous. Felt right. Actually, that's, that sounds terrific. Yeah. Uh, that he was an awesome person and I feel like he would have laughed. Approved too. of that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he did. Yeah. yeah. A couple of... Um, couple of uh, quick uh, thank yous uh, from people here. Let's scroll to those. Uh, occasionally, we ask people to uh, uh, offer thank yous, very short ones for mm-hmm. people in their lives. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Ryan Amy says, thank you to my friend Bob for his great friendship and support. That's really sweet. Yeah. Uh, let's scroll down here to another one. Oh, this. Oh, look. My iPhone decided to tell me to upgrade. Wow. <laughs> well... That's, Thank you, iPhone. Yeah, uh, that's that's very helpful. I'm really, really glad I needed that. Oh, Steve Henry. I'd like to thank my older brother, 
my older brother, Bob. He's been looking out for me his whole life, and even as adults, he encourages me to always be the best version of myself I can be. That's awesome. Uh, so that's, that's really cool. Um, a uh, final question here, one more, from Edie Luca or Eddie Luca. I'm not sure mm-hmm. which. Um, I'm guessing Edie from the spelling. Alana, is there any reason you dye your hair? It rocks. No. No. There we go. So mostly I'm just like, I like that color. I'm going to put that on my head. Yep. When I, I, I notice you change your hair color a lot, and I always think of uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, yeah. We talk about Ramona Flowers. Don't do She's it quite fickle. that much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's the great, great, uh, great, the, great moment the, there. the brown, uh, I haven't had a natural colored hair in, in a pretty long time. It was just like, I got home one day. Jen usually would be the person who was bleaching my roots, and she wasn't here. And I was just like, you know what? I can't be screwed. So I just went and bought some dye and dyed it on the spot. It was like... Yeah, all right, this is it now, I guess. It's I pretty like, groovy. I like it. Thank you. You're welcome. I feel like I'll probably go back to another ridiculous color at some point, but it's nice to not have to maintain it. It's very difficult. And very difficult to maintain the color. I, wonder. I don't have that problem for some reason. Jealous. Yeah, Je- of this? Yes. I mean, you could do it. And also that fabulous beard. I I, I like the beard. It's a little short right now. I got it trimmed real short for, uh, I'm doing a wedding uh, soon. Mm. So, yeah. Do you like shampoo and condition your beard? Sometimes, sure. It's very comforting. Hmm. Um, but Does I don't always it softer? do it. Uh, occasionally, yeah. It's kind of soft. I mean, it's, it's, are you welcome to... Oh, that is very soft. Yeah, it's, uh, I never get a too scratchy beard. Huh. So, yeah. Lucky. Yeah, I, I'm very fortunate in my beard. I've had this beard since I was 18 years old. Wow. Yep, never shaved it off. Whoa, I wonder what you would look like without it. Freakish. Um, when I was thinner, I looked like young Stephen King when I had a lot of <laughs> hair and no beard. Um, How much would I have to pay you to shave your beard off? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, mm. It would take a lot. I'm really attached to it. Alana, where can people find you? Uh, I am on... Almost all of the social medias at Charalanazad, which is just my name in the middle of Charizard. Okay. I just thought it would C-H-A-R and then Alana and then Zod. People don't pick up on that often. People will say like Charalahazard. Like it's just Charizard. I, I never got it. Really? Yeah, I'm not very bright. But you're not that into Pokemon either, right? No, not particularly. So I feel like if you don't recognize Pokemon, this going to... No, but Charizard I know. I mean, he's yeah. the most powerful Pokemon card ever. Sure. Sure. All yes. right, there we go. All right. Uh, all right. right. So I'll let you have it. I'm not going to actually... <laughs> engage on that one. <laughs> uh, anything you want to plug? Um, not really. No? I'm not very good at the, the self-promotion stuff. No upcoming so I guess shows, just... no no albums, no commissioned artwork, no nothing at IGN you want to show off? Not really. Just keep listening to Pockets Full of Soup because right. Jared is an excellent person. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. That I'm going to plug you. you. Oh, you're going to plug <laughs> me. I need the hair plugs. going to plug you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, and thanks to all of you so much for watching and listening. A few announcements. Um, uh, we hope that around the time you hear this, we're going to be on iTunes. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, iTunes is a is a fickle master. Uh, I thought you were going to explain what iTunes was. No, no. There's a lot of questions about it. So we're, we're hoping that's happening now. But I ain't promising anything because that's outside of my control to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, you can find us on SoundCloud and uh, on YouTube, of course. In the meantime, you can join our Facebook group. We'd love that. We have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Jared Petty. Uh, if you want to support us there, we'd really appreciate it uh, because it helps a lot. Uh, also, subscribing on YouTube helps a lot. Telling people about the show helps a lot. Just 
all kinds of things are helpful. <laughs> Every possible place you can go, it's it really helps keep things going. Keep writing letters. You can send us mail at mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com. That's mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com. M-A-L-E. Yep. No, no. M-A-I-L. M-A-I-L. And uh, if you want your mail read, uh, uh, let us know that's okay in the message or your uh, 140 character thank you. Those are also really nice to get. We try to read those when we can. Um, thank you all so much. Also, uh, coming soon, the uh, Patreon exclusive episode, which should be up sometime around when you hear this, maybe a little after. Um, and finally, coming very soon for those of you at the uh, proper Patreon tier for it, Pizza and Dinosaurs presents The Thirst of Laser Dracula, episode one It Was a Dark and Stormy Bite. Incredible. So yes, that's coming for those of you who uh, who are on that Patreon tier, and you can find out more about that on the on the Patreon. What is it? What is it? It's a uh, it's a bedtime story for grownups. Um, it's I'm writing a serial uh, story, an old style. Hey, you just write a piece of the story at a time and reading it out loud, kind of like a build your own audiobook. That's so great. Yeah. So it's the story of Laser Dracula and his gnarly laser eyes. I love uh, it. And a cast of characters. Excellent. Him. Yeah, thank you. Good job. No problem. Appreciate that. <laughs> so that's, uh, that, once again, that's, uh, that's for uh, some of our Patreon subscribers. Thank you guys so much. And uh, until next time.